from WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM, your Valley Free Radio Station. Welcome. I'm Warren Odeschalette, and this is A Baha'i Perspective. A Baha'i Perspective is a radio program that interviews people who have chosen to live their lives in accordance with the principles of the Baha'i Faith. If you want information on the Baha'i Faith specifically, you can go to the website www.baha'i.org, that's B-A-H-A-I dot or you can call the toll-free number 1-800-22-UNITE. Today I'm playing a recorded interview with Dr. Fidesz Ushe a Baha'i originally from Malawi who is now a professor of mathematics at Springfield College. I started the interview by asking Fidesz where she grew up and what was it like growing up there. Well, I was born in Malawi. Uh, Malawi is in Africa. Um, to Just a little bit to the north of South Africa and to the east. Um, I... I grew up uh, with parents. My my father was a primary school teacher, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And um, I uh, grew up with uh, five other children. I'm uh, the second one from the last one. So I I had. Um, four sisters and one brother growing up. And we grew up in, uh, my father was a, a primary school headmaster in a village school, so we would live in a, uh, a school or a house provided by the school, um, right right on the schoolyard. But we lived in the rural areas where there was no running water and no electricity. And um, I think I'd never seen a car till I was maybe eight years old or something like that. Did you live in a village? Um, Well, we we lived in... uh, it's sort of a village, if you if you like. Um, there's a school in the center, and then it's surrounded by several other small villages. So we we lived like in the center of uh, all these other villages, and um, we we lived in a house. And then there were other teachers that lived near us. So it was sort of like a village. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you were there until you went to primary school and secondary school yes. and high school there? Well, n- not really. I went to primary school there at the village. And then uh, for secondary school, I, I had to go away from the village because the villages didn't have a secondary school. So you had to go uh, away from there and go to boarding school for mm-hmm. your secondary school. Uh, so that, uh, and then that was like the first time I had to leave the village and go to a larger town, mm. and and I went to Lilongwe uh, Girls Secondary School. Mm. At uh, I think I was about twelve years old, so mm. that was quite an experience. Yeah. Yes. Good or bad? 
Um, at at first it was in it, well, it was scary because I was a a, a very y- young child going away from home for the first time and um, going on to boarding school. But then you know you get used to it. Turned out to be quite a good experience in the end. How about high school? Uh, well, that is high school. Sounder school is the same as high school. So, so from, from, 12 from, from twelve on to um, till I was like uh, seventeen or so, I, I went to this girls' boarding sounder school, mm-hmm. and after that. Uh, you take uh, entrance examinations, and if you do really well, you get selected to go to the one university in the whole country. <laughs> and so I uh, I was fortunate enough that I did really well, and I got chosen to go to, to the University of Malawi. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And... Um, to go to this university at the time you had to pass examinations that were uh, um administered by um the university of cambridge i mean in in london so mm-hmm. they would send the exams over and we'd take it and pass them i mean and then they'd send them back to england to be graded and whoever did well got selected to go to this university mm-hmm. so i was lucky enough to go to this university, this University of Malawi. And there were, I mean, you really had to be lucky because they were not taking many people. Probably for the whole country, maybe they had uh, 500 students going to this university Mm. at a time, yeah. Wow. So there's about 500 students for each class, freshmen, no, for the or the, the whole school, <laughs> the whole school maybe five hundred students for the whole school. I, I'd say for the freshman class maybe a hundred, hundred and fifty maximum. So they yeah. only really yeah. chose a hundred and fifty out yes, of the out of the, the thousands. Country. Yes, that, oh, wow. that that took the took the exam. Yeah. Now was it pretty much chosen by? The test score was the y- primary. Yes, the test your 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 performance on the test was the, the major deciding factor mm-hmm. where where you went whether you went to the university or not. Mm-hmm. And then, what did you study at the university? Um, when I went there, well, I uh, they make you take just like here they make you take different um, courses and different subjects, but. Then eventually I decided I I was more interested in the sciences. So I uh, majored in mathematics and then in physics also. Mm-hmm. So I double majored in mathematics and physics. Because I, I just, I, yes, I like mathematics and I like physics for both. So that's what mm-hmm. I did. Now while growing up in the village, what was the uh, religious culture like? Um, I I grew up in the village. The predominant religious culture then was um, mostly Christian Christianity, and um, that's because in the area that we uh, that we grew up, um, it, it it was um, under the I would say the influence of the the early missionaries that went to Africa. Uh, I know you, you know the history of David Livingstone and 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 um, Stanley and so on. In fact, Livingstone did go to Malawi and founded a missionary there 
it's called Livingstonia Mission. Mm. And then um, there were a lot of Scottish missionaries that that went to my area. And one of my grandparents was uh, a servant for one of the missionaries there. So he got he got converted into Christianity from uh, from generally the the traditional um, the traditional religions that they had before mm-hmm. before the missionaries went there. So peop- there's still lots of traditional. Um, traditional religions around but my 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 grandfather was then converted to christianity and it passed he passed it along to his sons and my father was was uh, converted to christianity and so that was the the religion that we followed at the time can you describe what the what the traditional religions were um well there there are uh s- different versions uh, generally the the main theme of the traditional religions is that people that have that have gone beyond you they are like the intermediary between you and God so they are also monotheist monotheistic except that um, they believe that we human beings we we cannot communicate to god directly so we need intermediaries and and your ancestors who have gone by are going to be your intermediaries so you do things to uh to to make sure that you are in good standing with your ancestors so they can speak to god for you oh, so I they see. speak yes mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's the main theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you grew up Christian? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I grew up Christian all or, or, or my life. Um, we went to Sunday school and we went through uh, the religious teachings of mm-hmm. the Christian faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you went away from home, did you carry that faith with you? or? Uh, um, when, when I went away from home, uh, the first or the first school that I went to it was a Catholic school, so mm-hmm. I, I I started to learn the Catholic faith. The Christian faith that my parents were in was the Protestant side, so I learned about the Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I went to to university, they they didn't emphasize any one type of faith or any type of religion and. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I, that's at the time I, I started to, you know, when you, you're growing up, you usually just tend to follow what your parents tell you. But when you go on to, to you know, start to grow up, you, you start to, you know, to think about, well, they're saying this, does it really make sense, and so on. Mm-hmm. So that was that was the time I started to question uh, a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you went four years at uh, the University at, of Malawi. Yes, I went four years at the University of Malawi, and then um, I did a, a couple of years in England. After that, I, I, did, I went to the University of Sussex. I did stay there like two years, mm-hmm. and then when I went back to Malawi and worked a little bit, I was teaching at one at one of the uh, campuses of the university. Mm. And, and then I came over here to the United States. 
Okay, so you were getting a master's at uh, Yes, Sussex? in Sussex, yes. Yeah. I got a master's in, in mathematics, mm-hmm. and then I went back, and I taught for maybe a couple of years, and then I came over here with the mm-hmm. aim of getting a, a PhD in okay. mathematics, yeah. Were you teaching back at the University of Malawi? Y- yes. Mm-hmm. I was teaching the usual type of courses, algebra, statistics, mm-hmm. calculus, mm-hmm. the same kinds of courses that, mm-hmm. that I still do now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. How did you figure out what university or college you were going to go to to get your Ph.D.? Oh well, you really do not have much of a much of an input in that. Uh, what 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 happens is that um, the university in Malawi, the, the, your employers look for uh, scholarships that you know if there are people that would be willing to sponsor you to come over here, and. Um, so I was fortunate, you know, you know, the United States Agency for International Development gives out a lot of scholarships to uh, foreign students to come and study. Uh, the aim being that in, then you go back and you try to help develop your country. Mm-hmm. And so I got one of those scholarships, and what they do is they send your transcripts to a ma- bunch of uh, colleges here in the U.S., and whoever picks you, that's where you go. So you, you don't have much of a choice. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got accepted to, to Indiana University in Bloomington. I uh, stayed there for like a couple of years. I was, um, again, because they, you have no input in what they're doing. They put me in a pure math program, and I hated it because I, I didn't see the, the relevance of doing it. Mm-hmm. So I and then asked to be transferred to, to the University of Rochester because I, I was getting more interested in probability and statistics. So... I got transferred to uh, Indiana University, and I did a master's degree in probability and statistics there. Probability and statistics? Yes. Yeah. So what was it like when you first came to the United States? <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was uh, quite quite, um, quite different. Uh, I have a little bit of a story, because I was going to, to Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, when you first get here... Uh, we all uh, met up in in Washington D.C. for an orientation program, and then they and then they send you uh, after that they send you to wherever you're going, and they uh, they gave me a ticket to to go to to uh, Bloomington, Indiana. But for some reason, I ended up in Bloomington, Illinois. <laughs> so, I saw, um, you're supposed to have a host family waiting for you wherever you, oh, no. <laughs> wherever you you're going. So I got out, got my bags, and I went. I went into this. It's a little airport, so I just had one little small. Uh, building, so I went in there. I, I said, "I'm looking for me services, so and so. They're supposed to be here to pick me up." And I imagine this is uh, the first time I've been in this country. I, I was so scared, and 
and uh, this big uh, American guy sitting behind the desk. I'm just so then he says, "Where are you supposed to be going?" I said, "I'm going to Indiana University." He says, "Lady, you're supposed to be blowing twenty, dear. <laughs> this is blowing twenty, right? oh, my oh my god!" <laughs> so, and so, so, but he was really nice. He said, "Okay, don't worry. There's a shuttle that's going to to Bloomington, Indiana, and we'll we'll call the airport, and so that your host family can wait for you there." So he did all that. I was really surprised. And so he called them up, and they got me on this little plane, and finally I got to where I was supposed to go. <laughs> so that was my first experience coming to this country. Yeah, so it's it's really scary. It, mm. it was. And What was um, the scary part? Well, basically not knowing anybody, uh, not, n- not knowing what to expect, mm. and, and, mm. And, and so on. Did you get your PhD? No, the... I didn't get my PhD at at Indiana University. I left and went to Rochester, University of Rochester, up in New York, and I didn't get my PhD there either. <laughs> I got my another master's degree in computer statistics, uh-huh. and then uh, that's where I met I met up with Sam. You know, remember Sam? And and um, in fact, he. He, uh, Is he also Malawan? No, some some was Zimbabwean. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he who he, he there was a, a Malawian there and the Malawian didn't have any form of transportation, so he'd asked some to come and and pick me from the airport and that's mm. the first time I met him. Mm. But so I, I stayed there and um, we eventually got together and, and we got married. So I was more interested in being married than, than going on to school. Mm. But if eventually I, I went up to uh, University of Buffalo and did my, my PhD there and finished it up. Yeah. Mm. What were the circumstances that bring you here to Springfield? Um, yeah, that's, that's another good story. Well, the... Uh, with Sam was planning to retire, and I had just finished. Uh, I was in the process of finishing up my PhD up in uh, in Buffalo, and I was looking for jobs. Uh, the plan was, you know, uh, I w- when Sam retired, I'd pick it up and start start, start my my work. Mm-hmm. And so um, at that point, we we decided we could look for a job anywhere in the country because you know, then then we, wherever I went, all of us would go there. And the four of us. <laughs> <Were you? laughs> okay, so how long were you in Buffalo? Um, well, we were in in actually in Ro- Rochester, Rochester area about ten years. We ah, were in Rochester. Okay. so you you had a you had a family. Yes, I had a family at that point. I I had a family. Uh, Sam had had uh, had had kids prior prior to meeting with me. I too had had kids in Malawi before before coming here. So um, we, when we got married, we got all our kids mm-hmm. together, and so we had a really big family. And so, but uh, most of the kids were grown up, and most of them were out at that point. So mm-hmm. it, it was like Kumbi and then Sam and, and and me that were were together at that mm-hmm. point. And so, 
he he was uh, also a college professor at, um, at a community college in, in Rochester. So he decided he was going to retire, and then I could find a job anywhere in the country. So I, I started looking for jobs, and um, I applied to Springfield College. They called me up for an, an interview, and, and then they invited me to come. So that's how I ended up here. You saw that there was an opening at Springfield College. Yes, I see. Yeah, I, I at, at that time, I think I saw that job in the Chronicles of Higher Education. I'd applied to here. Would have might as well have ended up in Arizona. That was my the <laughs> other job I had. I had job offer over there and so mm-hmm. on. So we that's how we ended up in in Springfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've been now teaching at. Springfield College for uh, this is I'm in my tenth year mm-hmm. there at Springfield College. Yeah. I know it, uh, <laughs> it sounds yeah. like just yesterday we came. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why don't you tell the story of how you ran into the Baha'i Faith mm-hmm. and what caused you to look into it? Indeed, yeah. Um, I, it was I think my first year at at, at Springfield College. Uh, at, at that time, um, the college was uh, talking a lot about d- diversity issues and um, how, why, how we could attract students of color or uh, minority students, how we would be able to, uh, to attract such students to our college. And so they'd set up different com- committees to look into this problem. And uh, I guess by lack of the draw, I was in a committee with Nina, Nina Dini, because okay. you know Nina teaches at Springfield College. What is her position? At- She's an associate professor of computer science at, at, at Springfield College. Okay. Yes. And by the way, we are in the same department because I'm a, I'm a professor of mathematics, and we are in the uh, our department is yeah. Uh, mathematics, physics, and computer science at Springfield College. Mm. And so uh, we were in this group together, and, and, and we, we were talking about the, the problems of uh, diversity in, in, in the United States. Why, why don't, don't like groups tend to be together? They, there's always a tension and mm. so on. And and then uh, Nina started talking, and uh, she started talking about, about unity, and started talking about all the possibilities that could happen, and so on. And it, it just—I mean, I, I just felt, wow, that 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 seems to make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And and then uh, I. I I mean, afterwards we started talking about it t- together, and and then she she said, "Well, you know, if you're really interested, I have uh, a number of books I could give you to read about about the Baha'i faith." Uh, that that was not the first time I had heard about the Baha'i faith, uh, because the, the there is uh, in Malawi the Baha'i faith is is quite. Uh, Prominent, so to speak. So I had heard about the Baha'i faith in Malawi before, but I had not taken a chance to to investigate the Baha'i faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I said, sure, I'll 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 be uh, I'll be interested in, in in reading. 
And so I started reading um, the the various books that Nina gave me, and uh, I mean things were just starting to click, like click, click, click. <laughs> wow, this is exactly the way my my mind works. This is exactly what uh, what what I you know. Uh, how how we can solve problems of of this world? Uh, I mean, there's this blueprint that is out there that 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 uh, God sent to us through Bahá'u'lláh. Why why can't we we do that? And that would sort of solve a lot of our problems. And it really made sense to me. Mm-hmm. And and so that's how I got interested. I started going to firesides. I started going to uh, Sunday school at when it was still at Springfield College. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, mm-hmm. and that's how I got introduced to the okay. Baha'i faith. Mm-hmm. Um, have you been back to Malawi since? Yes, I've I've been back to Malawi um, maybe three or four times since. Uh, since becoming a Baha'i, and I have looked up some, some Baha'is in Malawi. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to go to to the national um, uh, center for the Baha'i, but I know where it is. It's. It's like I said, in in Malawi, um, they will say the major religions or the major faiths are Christian, Islam, and then they mention Baha'i as the third. Really? Yes. So it's that popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and uh, I know a few Malawian Baha'is over there, and they have local spiritual assemblies in the mo- in the most remote villages. It's 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 so fascinating. So, for our listeners' benefit, a local spiritual assembly is a local governing body for the Baha'is in a village or town. Now, you have recently gone to Malawi to do some... Um, yeah, like, like every other summer, um, I go back to Malawi and I go back with uh, a, f- a few uh, friends and we go back and do projects for, for the people in Malawi. And especially we go back to, to this village school that I grew up <laughs> in, and we help to to build classrooms, to build a, a clinic. Uh, we helped with books and and sports uniforms, sports equipment. Um, we've helped with bringing in medicines, lots of medicines on occasion, and. Uh, and we are planning our next visit is this June. We, mm-hmm. I think we are leaving June twenty fourth for for our next project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what do you plan to do when you get there? Uh, this time, our focus is on malaria prevention. Um, as you probably know, um, ma- malaria kills a lot of y- young babies. So anywhere from uh, infancy to age five, that's the most critical stage for, for, for children. And so um, we are planning to go and buy a lot of treated mosquito nets uh, so that they can put the babies under the nets and then the mosquitoes can't get to them. 
Um, we're also going to buy a lot of um, anti-malaria medicine. So in case the kids get the, get the malaria, they'd have the medicine to cure it. Uh, we're going to try and um, have some workshops where we can train uh, the women and, and the fathers how how to to make their villages so they don't have standing water around that would encourage mosquitoes and um, and, and things like that. Mm. Uh, we're also uh, going to to uh, start a sort of like a workshop for um, teenagers that graduate from high school but then they have nowhere else to go. The workshop will be for uh, raising maybe chickens or goats or some other types of small animals where they would raise for for meat and, and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also have gardens where they can grow crops using some sort of irrigation so that they have something even if the rains don't come. So mm. that's that's the other project we're planning. Now, who's providing the funding for all of these things? Well, we <laughs> we we do not have any any particular sponsor for funding. So we we have been raising uh the money on our own. Um I I have been working with Dr. Uh, Beth Evans, who is also a professor at Springfield College. So the last four trips we've gone together. Mm. And what we do is the minute we come back, we start our fundraising. So we collect the returnable uh, cans and bottles, and then we we take them to the recycling, and we get like five cents for, for, for each. Each each one, mm-hmm. uh, we've done uh, tag sales, and people give us um, items that they they would like to donate, and then we do tag sales. And we're planning to run one tag sale in May before we, before we go. Mm. Um, we've written for like small grants. There is uh, an organization called Friends of Malawi. Uh, it, it, it consists of uh, volunteers who used to be Peace Corps volunteers in Malawi, and they've since come back. So they formed an organization it's called Friends of Malawi that has either uh, the people themselves, their spouses, their parents, their kids, and anybody else who would like to be a friend of Malawi. And so um, they provide small grants to to people that are planning to do projects. And we've gotten each time maybe a $500 grant from Friends of Malawi to go mm. and help. Um, and then where we pitch in ourselves with a lot of our own money to do it. Yeah. So if somebody wants to contribute, how would they... Um, if if they want to contribute, um, if let's say they uh, they are doing recycling on their own, you know they can either they can bring the cans and bottles to to me, or they can bring it to Beth, um, and then we'll take them there. 
mm-hmm. or if they prefer to go and recycle the, the cans and bottles themselves, they can do that and then give me the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can donate um, s- items that we can sell at our tag sale. Mm-hmm. And even friends have given us money outright. Mm-hmm. And we've had several friends that have given us money. And, mm-hmm. and uh, what we do is we keep track of it, and then when we come back, we uh, tell everybody, we, we, we send out a newsletter, so to speak, to mm-hmm. explain what we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the best way for them to contact you? Um, well, they could they could give me a call, but I don't know if I should give out my number. Yeah, or how about email? Email, yes, yeah. That that would be the best. The best way is to you can send me an email, and um, it's f u s h e at s p f l d c o r dot e d u. So f u c at s p f l d c o r dot e d u. Yeah. Who was the other professor's name? Uh, the other professor's name is Beth Evans, and her email is e evans at s p f l d c o r dot e d u. Yes, f s p f l d c o l stands for Springfield College dot e d u. Yes. Okay. Do you miss Malawi? Uh, yes, I actually I do um, because uh, most of my family is still there. Uh, although both my my parents have since passed on, I have a sister in Malawi. I have a brother in Malawi. I have lots of cousins, lots of nieces. I mean, I have lots of friends here, but I do miss my family, and it's you know, it's it's not it's not the same. Like you know, you came in here, uh, I was you fa- just found me. That would be very rare if you were in Malawi. You, um, there's usually people hanging around you, and there's people uh, chatting with you all the time. So that's that's the, what I usually miss. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you miss the the culture. Yes. Okay. Yes, it's the culture. Um, you know, the uh, you don't have to make an appointment to go and see somebody. You know, you don't have to call ahead. You know, you you just say, oh, well, I miss Fides. Let me just go and see her. You know, and if I'm there, you knock, you walk in. That's fine. If I'm not there, well, you say, well, I'll pass by next time, and mm-hmm. so on. So that's that's the culture that I sort of miss, and yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, just being being with your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you this question. What would you think your life would have been like if you had not become a Baha'i? Um, I, I, I think um, I would be, I would not have the same uh, amount of peace in my, my, my heart that I feel by, by being a Baha'i. Uh, because I would still probably be searching. I would still probably be, I mean, I still have lots of questions, but um, I, I'm finding answers that that sort of uh, give me peace or give me uh, hope or give me give me strength. Uh, I think if, if I were not a Baha'i with 
with what's going on in today's world, it, it would be very scary. Mm. But by being a Baha'i, you, you, you say, well, this is exactly what Baha'u'llah said would, would happen. And so you, 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 you say, well, this is just um, what, what we're, we're expecting since, since the world is not listening to uh, to the teachings of uh, Baha'u'llah, then you, uh, the the old world is is being swept away, and so you know that. Uh, I mean, you're not scared with what is going on, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I, I I think I have have gained from from being a Baha'i. I'm mm-hmm. not as scared as I probably would be by just looking at what's going on in the world today. Mm-hmm. Well, it's very interesting that you would that you would have this peace because you know these tribulations have to occur. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's part of the right. process. But at the same time, you still have this sense that you need to be of service that's by, by going to Malawi. Mm-hmm. How do how do you reckon? Well, um, yeah, yes, because I mean, even throughout the tri- tribulations, I think um, it, it's it's very necessary that we we do what we can to to make life easier for for the for for the um, other human beings uh and so uh it may look like well i know that's what what is expected but you know by by doing service by the people seeing what you you are doing you're hoping that more and more people will will will, will see that you know um this is the way to 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 be able to to get sort of if you like to the other side after all these these tribulations and so service is is one of the bahai virtues and we um i'm i'm happy to do to do that because you you f- you are doing what you're supposed to do so to speak mm-hmm. yeah do you have any stories that you want to share from your projects that you've done? Um, well, uh, we have done the projects we have done at the school um, are the ones that we we are most proud of. Um, the reason being um, Malawi is, is, is sort of a very uh, patrilineal society, so to speak. That is, they value the boy child more than the girl child. And so, uh, because the resources are very limited, if they have to make a choice, they will usually spend the meager resources on the boy child and not on the girl child. So one of the things we we have done is to give uh, scholarships to girls so that they can go beyond um, the primary education. Primary education is free, but after that, high school, you have to pay tuition. And then, obviously, university, you have to pay tuition. And so um, one of the things we have done is to pay tuition for girls to go from primary school to secondary school. Um, What that has done for those few girls is... um, they have a chance to escape the, you know, the. If they don't do that, they are forced into early mar- marriages to, or they are 
uh, sold off by their own parents to pay debts by other people for debts that they owe to other people. And so um, by just giving them maybe a year or a couple of years in school, you have prevented that child from from go- going to marry maybe a 12-year-old marrying a 60-year-old man or being sold to or paying being paid off for debts to to somebody else so that's um doing that that really <laughs> i mean you can feel my voice it just it just makes me feel really good that we were able to do that mm-hmm. uh it is still we're fighting a a rising tide but you know we try to help maybe one, two three girls uh, we managed uh, at one time we we paid um, actually Beth paid tuition for for four girls, three managed to stay for three years, one managed to finish the four years in high school. So that that was really good. Mm. Yeah. Now you sort of blazed the trail in, in your own life. Um, I mean, how many girls were? Majoring in math and the <laughs> University of Malawi. Uh, not not that many. Uh, I I even um, yeah I I was uh, it was unique at the time and so I I think I, I I'd like to give credit for that to my own father because he. I mean, he was a primary school teacher, but he, well, he he had five girls and one boy, so he didn't really have much of a choice. And he didn't want his children to uh, to end up just like most of the other girls. So he he decided to uh, sort of buck the trend and invest in the girls instead of just the one boy that that he had. Mm-hmm. And so he. He managed to pay for school fees, tuition for for all of us, and I um, I sort of had the knack for mathematics, and I loved it from the early age, and still do up to now. Mm-hmm. Did you, Did you run into any barriers in this patrilineal? Oh, oh yeah, the I mean, especially once I got to to university, like the first class I got in. I think maybe there were just two girls out of probably thirty in in a whole class, and and the the boys were like, "What are these two girls doing in here? They they can they can they, they'll probably just you know drop out and they they will not be able to do it." But we sort of sh- shocked them the first sort of major test. I think we. We beat all of all the boys <laughs> in terms of the grades that we got, but and so they they started to to say, mm, "These girls maybe they know a little bit more than we do," so it was it was okay. And and not only that, when I I came here to the United States too, I I sort of you know this was also different in a way that you didn't find many minorities in in the sciences or in mathematics so i would stand out in in especially in graduate school when you're taking you know graduate math courses there's usually not many women and there's hardly any minorities so that that too was a bit of uh, something you had to contend with mm. and um those are some of the things I just had to to, to go through. Mm-hmm. 
What was your experience in the, the realm of being a black woman arriving to the United States versus coming from a culture where you were the predominant? Yeah, I, I, I think that worked in my favor. I, I usually tend to think that maybe if I was, if I was born here, you know, probably I wouldn't, I wouldn't have taken advantage of the opportunities as much as I, I have. Uh, I, that's just a feeling that I have because I think um, the black black women have a lot more barriers in this country than than in any other country, and and so you really have to fight a lot more to be able to to do what. You, to do what I was able to do. Mm-hmm. That's because I came here, I already had a master's degree in mathematics, and mm-hmm. so I knew I could do it, but the kids are discouraged at an early age here, so you you, you don't get to, to move up. Uh, I mean, with the circumstances, you, 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 just, you don't have the resources to, to, get, to get up to that stage. Did you notice a difference between being in Sussex versus being in the United States? Yes, uh, I did. I did notice a, a difference. I I don't know. Maybe it's it's just a perception. I didn't feel so isolated in Sussex that as I felt. Yeah, I felt when I went to Indiana. But I was in Indiana, you know. Yeah. It was in New York City or anything like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I wanted to ask about your sisters. Uh, okay. You know your your father. You said your father invested in your, on all of you. Yes. And uh, so where did your sisters? Um, well, my 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 oldest sister. She she didn't get very far in school because she was um, over, over here. They would call they would call her. Um, she had like developmental disabilities, my older sister. So she, they didn't have any sort of special ed schools in in the country. So she didn't do go very far. Mm-hmm. But then my next sister, uh, she went and did teacher training. So she 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 taught in high school. Um, then my second next sister, she's a, a nurse. She trained in Israel, so she became a nurse. And and then my brother, he became a teacher too. And, and then they, there was me. And my my youngest sister became an accountant. Mm. So we were all we all did really well. And you're the only one here in the U.S. Yes, I'm the only one here in the U.S. Uh, one of my sisters is in South Africa, mm. and then uh, one of my sisters is in Zambia. And then I have my brother and my sister in Malawi. My first, uh, our first sister has since passed on. Mm. The, do, do any of them have a desire to to be in in the United States? Well, the, not to come and stay. My my uh, sister, the nurse, uh, she's been here. She came. Um, when was that? Two thousand or two thousand and one. Um, her, I mean, she came before that. Her husband graduated from Miami University, Ohio, so she came for his graduation, and then she came to visit me, uh, and uh, in two thousand and one, and but that's the only one who's been up here. 
Do you think you'll ever go back to live in Malawi? Yeah, I'm planning on doing that. That's my retirement plan is to retire here and go back and live in Malawi. And um, I think the the main the main reason I I mean I I stayed because I was married to Sam and then I have kids here and I want to see. Um, I want to see my my kids get through their education and see them settled in. And and when I retire, I've told them where I'm retiring back to Malawi. You'd ha- they would have to come and visit me there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure you'll be doing great things when you get there. <laughs> well, <right>? I <laughs> I hope so. That, I mean, there's all sorts of ideas in my my, my head that like I would what? like. Well, like, you know, going back and maybe starting a school for girls and rescuing girls that are in these in these dire situations mm. and so on, yeah. Do you see that improving in Malawi? Well, there is some hope. The country is now um, c- coming up with lots of legislation to try to rescue the, the children from this uh, from this type of situation and 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 so they are making it wasn't a crime before you know to to sell your child or to you know get your child married off to somebody else when the child was like 10 11 years old so they're they're making it a crime now and they're prosecuting fathers who are doing that so hopefully it will Mm. it will stop they'll put a stop to that Mm -hmm. yeah other ideas in, mm. in addition to oh, in addition to the school, yeah. um, I, I, I mean, I, I would hope to be active in the in the Baha'i community in Malawi. Obviously, I'd, I'd hope to. Um, one of my ideas is to you know have a a a farm where I can you know grow crops and raise chickens and be self sufficient. And uh, and those kinds of ideas. Those are what's going on in my head right yeah. now. Yeah. And you know, just just be um, just pay back to to my society that that I grew up in Malawi and and go back there. Um, I will still have my kids here, so I'll definitely be coming back here to to visit them and so on. Are there many Malawans here? Oh, yes, they are in Boston especially. There's quite a few Malawians in Boston. In in, in, in Connecticut, like Hartford has a few Malawians. Mm-hmm. Um, then lots of them in New York City mm-hmm. and so on, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, we sometimes get together like... Um, I was talking to you about the, the Peace Corps volunteers. Sometimes they, you know... We have a get together of former Peace Corps volunteers and and um, Malawians. And as you know, Beth was my former teacher, even though I didn't know at the time. I mean, I was at the Longer Girls Secondary School. No way. Yes, that's that's how we we got to know each other. Was 
Um, she she was a Peace Corps volunteer at the Lilongwe Girls Secondary School, and that's the secondary school I went to when I went. I told you I went to boarding school. Mm-hmm. I went. I was like twelve, and, and she she just graduated from college, and she went to volunteer. She was in the first group of Peace Corps volunteers, and she was at my school. She was teaching, I think, English history. She was the school nurse and whatever else they could get her to do. And and when when I when I came to Springfield College first day uh, I was walking out of uh, we were doing orientation and then she she says to me uh, morning Mulibanji which is hi how are you in the Malawi language you turn around and like where did you learn that and so she says oh yeah I was a peace corps the long ago and then she says when she was I said I was there too <laughs> that was the funniest thing uh, talking about the same people with you and, and so and that's how we got together and you know that's the funniest thing there's, there's this small world story there and, and that was 10 years he, ago that was 10 years ago and we've since been very good friends we've gone back to Malawi together each time mm-hmm. um, the people there love her she's like one of their daughters and so on how long was it after two of you made the connection in, at Springfield College that you started doing these uh, the, the projects? Yeah. Actually, we did we did the pro- first project right away because that was ninety six ninety eight. I went back to Malawi and we did our first project. Uh, we we took I took medicines there. Mm. She she didn't go with me the first time. Then she went in 2000, she went back with uh, a group of Peace Corps volunteers. They went back for the Y2K reunion, and I'd already gone ahead, so we met up over there and started our projects. And we've gone back every other year. So we went back 2000, 2002, 2004, and we're going this time. 2006. Six, yes. And as far as you know, you'll be doing this... Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. We don't know. I mean, we always say, well, maybe this is it. But the minute we jump on the plane coming back here, we want to get back there right away. So it's always it's always been like that. It's it's just the feeling is wonderful when you, when you get there and you 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 are so at peace. Everybody loves you and it, you you just feel so rejuvenated coming back. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Well, thank thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Fidesz Uche, a Baha'i originally from Malawi who is now a professor of mathematics at Springfield College. If you would like information on the Baha'i faith specifically, you're welcome to visit the website www.baha'i.org. That's B-A-H-A-I dot O-R-G. Or you can call the toll-free number 1-800-22-UNITE. I hope you'll join me next time on A Baha'i Perspective. Now I've been happy lately 
Thinking about the good things to come And I believe it could be Something good has begun Oh, I've been smiling lately Dreaming about the world at one And I believe it could be Someday it's going to come Cause out on the edge of darkness There rides a peace train Oh, peace train, take this country Come take me home again about the good things to come and I believe it could be something good has begun oh, peace train sounding louder Baha'is of the Springfield area would like people to know about the Unity Center in downtown Springfield, 434 Belmont Avenue. 
Highlighted events include homework help on Wednesday evenings, devotional gatherings on Thursday evenings, and classes about the Baha'i faith and other spiritual matters on Saturday mornings. It's open to all faiths, and the events are listed in the Republican newspaper under the Religious Directory section. For more information, you can call 413-783-2136 or visit the website www.bahaisofhamdencounty.org. This is WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM, your Valley Free Radio Station.